all of that hard work, all of the mistakes that I made in the beginning, I mean, you can go back and you can watch my videos. They're not great. I had a lot to learn. I had to learn the algorithm, SEO on YouTube, and I also had to learn what made me different. And if you're at the point where you're like, my videos aren't anything special, I don't know why someone would watch my video over someone else's video, you really need to hone in and figure out what you uniquely, like what do you have to actually bring to the table? Did you know that in the US alone, women-owned businesses generated over $1.8 trillion last year, and the number of female YouTube creators making over $100,000 a year is on the rise, according to recent stats. Now, I'm so excited because today, I am bringing you behind the scenes of our Grow With Video Live virtual conference. I'm sitting down with two amazing female content creators, Vanessa Lau and Katherine Manning. My name is Heather Torres, and you're listening to the Think Media Podcast, the number one podcast to help you grow your influence on YouTube, and then turn that influence into a high impact and a high profit YouTube channel. Now, in today's interview, I'll be speaking with Vanessa Lau. And after quitting her nine to five, she started a YouTube channel and amassed a digital reach of over 456,000 subscribers on YouTube and 160,000 followers on Instagram and grew her business to over a million dollars in revenue, all while making an impact on millennial women who want to grow their coaching business. And we're also joined by Katherine Manning, who in just one year, who went from being a digital marketing consultant to a beginner blogger to a full-time online entrepreneur. With over 380,000 subscribers, several viral videos like how to start a YouTube channel and a channel that's generating over $30,000 a month, she now helps people just like you follow their passion and grow their audience online. We're gonna be sharing tactical and tangible tips that you can use on your YouTube channel. We're gonna jump into today's featured conversation from Grow With Video Live 2020. So uh, let's go to just jump into this. Vanessa, you've been on YouTube now for a little bit over a year and you have just taken YouTube by storm. There are so many people on the chat right now that are lighting up. Vanessa's here. So take me back and tell me the journey of what it was like to get to where you are today. Kind of walk me through what that looked like for you. Yeah, I always like to say that it took me six years to start my channel. It got to a point where every New Year's I was putting start a YouTube channel, start a YouTube channel on my New Year's resolution. And it wasn't until I found myself at a nine to five that I wasn't enjoying. I was getting the promotions. I got the dream titles where I realized I wasn't really fulfilled and it was time to take the leap and do something different. And so I quit my job with out a plan. I resigned without a plan. And during that time frame, I had so much time on my hands. It got to a place where there's literally no excuses to not start that channel. And so I started the channel. I started sharing things that I was going through. And lo and behold, eventually my videos started picking up. I started to pivot niches as well. And now we have a multiple seven figure business because I was smart to monetize and do all those things with my channel. And it's been a blast since. So awesome. And I can't wait to dive into all the juicy details of how you did it, how you got started and how you can help other people. But Catherine, you went from being a blogger, then you were helping people with social media. Now you're doing YouTube full time. Walk me through what that journey was like for you to get to where you are today. 
Yeah. Similar to Vanessa, I started because I was just really unhappy with my career. I wasn't feeling fulfilled and I was just miserable with so many aspects of my life. And at the time I was terrified of showing my face, which I get that comment all the time. What do I do if I don't want to show my face in my videos and stuff? So I actually got started with my blog first because that was a way for me to remain anonymous. And I got started as the content bug. And over time I started to share my face more and more. And I learned that video was really the move. I think it's a lot easier to connect with your audience over video. And I wanted to start a YouTube channel. So I started on YouTube three years ago. It took me a long time to grow, but within the last year, it's been absolutely crazy. Yeah. And both of you guys really have exploded over the last year. And we're going to dive into what that looks like. Vanessa, if someone wants to get started today, what advice do you have for someone that is scared and nervous to just start? Yeah, I've got like three tips. One of them is mindset related. Two of them are tactical. So the first thing is you got to get your mindset right, because I know for me, and I said this earlier, it took me six years to finally do the dang thing and start my channel. And what I like to tell a lot of people now is the best time to start was last year or five years ago. But the second best time to start your channel is today right? I see a lot of new creators, they beat themselves up thinking, oh, I should have done it in 2012. or I should have done it in 27, 2007 when YouTube was popping and when the algorithm was better. You know, algorithms will always change, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, technology will always change, but it doesn't change the fact that you still don't have your YouTube channel up and running, right? And so the first thing is you got to stop making excuses and you got to make this your year of starting that channel. The second thing, and this is something that I covered, you know, on, in my session yesterday. So if you haven't seen my session, you aren't signed up for Grow With Video, definitely, definitely make sure you get the replay tickets and stuff. Because in my session, I talk all about how a common mistake a lot of new content creators also make is feeling that intense pressure to already find a niche and to already try to pigeonhole themselves into a quote unquote niche, because there's so many content creators that share that advice, including myself. But if I really step, take a step back and how I started, I was very broad at first. I created content based off of a target audience that has very different interests. And so I wasn't just talking about social media. I was talking about budgeting, social media, quitting your job, um, you know, how to get a promotion at your job. I was doing a lot of things that cater to a millennial audience that just graduated college. And that allowed me to test out what topics I even like doing. It allowed me to tap into my creativity. And it also gave me enough space for YouTube to tell me what people wanted. And that's how I was able to kind of pivot and niche down eventually to Instagram. And that's kind of what I do now. If you guys don't know me, my, my channel is really based off of giving people social media tips, but it wasn't always like that. And it really took a lot of experimentation to finally figure out what the secret sauce was for me, uh, which was a mixture of things that I like to talk about, but also a mixture of what the YouTube algorithm picked up for other people. And then another thing, the third tip that I have for you is if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. The amount of times that I just turned on my camera when I first started expecting that a beautiful YouTube video would, you know, happen, it didn't happen. Every single time I'd have to pack up my equipment and then just give up. And the reason why is because I didn't have a plan. I didn't have an outline of what I was going to say. I didn't plan ahead. I only planned the first video, let's say, but not the next two. 
And so if you're starting out, you don't need to over plan, but at least have an idea of what your first three videos are going to look like, you know, what you're going to talk about, do a bullet point method or something, because the last thing that you want is turning on that camera and just realizing, oh my goodness, I don't really know what to say. And so that can really help. The second thing too that I mentioned of making sure you have at least three videos planned. The reason why I say this is because you want to gain momentum. You want to practice being consistent. A mistake that I made when I started was I only planned the first video. And then I didn't realize how much work that first video was. And so I immediately gave up afterwards and I wasn't consistent until I at least had an idea for the next three videos. And trust me, when you turn on that camera and you know you have a plan, it just feels a lot better. And then I'm also going to throw in a bonus tip because some of you guys who might be starting out, you might be thinking, okay, I I know I need to plan ahead, but I don't know what content ideas to do. I don't really know, you know, what I should talk about. One thing that I like to do when I was starting out was I literally looked at other people who were doing videos that I wanted to do and I ranked and I filtered their videos from most popular to least popular. And I kind of looked at what was performing for other people. Now, one thing I want to mention is you don't want to copy other creators. You don't want to just copy and paste what other people are doing because that's the last way that you can build authority in your space fast. What I recommend is looking at their videos or looking at the topics that are ranking really well for them, but not watching their video, just taking the topic and putting your own spin on it instead of spending all your hours creeping your competitors and watching your video, uh, watching their videos. Even to this day, I don't watch other people's videos, but I do pay attention to what is performing with other people's channels. So those are the three and a half tips that I have for you when you're starting out that really helped me really gain that momentum on my channel. So good, Vanessa. I hope you're taking notes. I hope you've got a journal out. I hope you are writing these things down because these women are super smart when it comes to growing an online business. And Catherine, I want to pass the question to you because you said that, you know, you went from being faceless, meaning that it was really about the content bug and you were into writing to then shifting into actually putting yourself on camera. What tips do you have from someone who may be a blogger right now or, you know, is in a podcasting space, but really needs to turn on the camera? camera and press record. What advice do you have for someone? I think so for me, it was really hard to make that shift. I mean, I started my brand. I started the content bug and I told no one actually my family found out because they ended up finding my new Instagram account and my sister found my Pinterest account, which I was promoting my blog posts on my Pinterest. And that's how they ended up finding out about my brand. I was so terrified to tell anyone. And once I got to the point where I, my family had found out my friends kind of knew I became a little bit more comfortable. Now it doesn't happen overnight. You're still going to worry about what other people think of you. Like, are they going to judge me for doing this thing and wanting to be an influencer, wanting to be a YouTuber? That's still going to be a thought in your mind, but it has to get to the point where you have to do it for you. And that's, I have a tattoo right here that says for me. And it's just a constant reminder, like you have to live your life for yourself. So for me, when I switched from going as a blogger to a YouTuber, I just realized the importance of connecting with your audience. I felt like with blog posts, I could only get my personality across so much through text. 
it's a lot easier to really connect with people and be vulnerable and be authentic on camera. And I think that connection is absolutely huge. So the transition is not going to happen overnight. For me, it was one of those things, like Vanessa said, you just have to cut your excuses and do the dang thing. And one thing that I would recommend for you guys is while you have the courage, while you're like, yes, I'm going to start this YouTube channel, I'm going to do this dang thing, actually do it and then hold yourself accountable to it. So one thing that really works for me is I created an uploading schedule and it was the same thing when I had my blog. I said, okay, every, oh my gosh, I think it was every Tuesday. And it's funny, I'm still on every Tuesday. I was like, every Tuesday, I'm going to launch a blog post no matter what. And then that turned into YouTube. And I was like, no matter what, I have to upload this YouTube video. It's a non-negotiable. And you have to make that commitment to yourself and don't break that promise. Really staying on that content schedule is, like you said, it's critical and it builds those muscles of becoming a content creator. And Vanessa, I'd love to hear from you because you know a lot of times when people come to YouTube, they uh, they maybe not they may not know what types of videos they want to create, or they're making videos that are safe right? They start making those safe videos. And both you and Catherine have made some pretty vulnerable videos. I'd love for you to maybe just share what it takes, what mindset you have to be in to be able to actually share your voice authentically on YouTube so you can stand out. Yeah. Something that I like to say is that it's important to be a leader and not a follower. Followers follow leaders. They don't follow other followers. And in order to be a leader in the space, there are different elements, right? There are elements where you deliver massive value, but people stand behind leaders because of their authenticity, because they are relatable, because they show that they aren't superhuman. I know for a lot of you guys in the chat box, you guys have either really loved following me or Catherine because we have shown these other struggles or these difficulties or these challenges that we have put out there on the internet. And maybe that helped you figure out this is my person that I want to trust here on YouTube because I see myself in them. And it's really important that you understand in this vast social media space, there's always going to be someone that's going to be looking up to you, but they're just waiting for you to start that channel. They're waiting for you to put your message out there. They're waiting for you to share your stories. You know, on social media here, yes, there's the tips, there's the cheat codes, and there's the hacks and everything. But at the end of the day, we're all human. And people really, really love seeing that authenticity shine with your channel. So it's not always cookie cutter content. Oh man, thank you so much for that advice, Vanessa. And it's so true, right? You just have to, you just have to step up and lead. If you are liking this video, go ahead and hit the like button right now. And if you know someone that should be watching this video, make sure you share it with them as well. Now, Catherine, I want to pass the question off to you because you make some really creative videos and you really take people behind the scenes in your content creation. It's not necessarily just talking head and it's not always, I would say, the pretty production. Right. You just kind of let your hair down and you really just speak to your girl on camera. Tell me what it was like actually having to get to the point to be able to make those kind of vulnerable videos. 
It was a journey. It was a process. One of the questions I get asked all the time is, how are you so comfortable on camera? And I have left my very first video I ever created live on my YouTube channel. So you guys can go back and watch and see where I started because where I started, I was afraid. I was terrified. I had no idea what I was doing. And at first I felt comfortable just kind of showing up as me. I feel like my personality did not come off that way. Obviously I was very aware that there was a camera there, but I wasn't afraid to show up with no makeup on my hair, just in a mess. Like I, that's who I was. And that's how I look most days. And I wasn't afraid of that until it got to the point where I felt like I saw all of our YouTubers have a full face of makeup on. Their hair was always perfect. And I was like, I have to be this perfect YouTuber because that's what does well on the platform. That's what I thought I had to do to succeed on YouTube. And I did that for a while until I got to a point where I was like, I'd rather have people hate me for being me compared to being someone that I'm not just because I think it's going to get me from here to here. So now, I mean, I'm not wearing much makeup. I've cried on camera. Like I try to share the real stuff because I think that's far more relatable. Yeah, it, it really is. It, that is really what connects people. And I'm right there with you. I'm, I mean, like I have makeup on right now because we're in the middle of a conference, you know, but like normally it is like sweatpants mom happening all the time. So uh, I want to get into that a little bit, uh, not sweatpants mom, but I want to ask you, Vanessa, as you transition from a nine to five, having a boss to actually running your own company, which just started with just you. How was that transition? How do you, it's not necessarily a balance, but what does that look like for you? Are you a time management person? Are you a procrastinator? Like give us the real on what it's like to be your own boss. I am the biggest procrastinator. So I don't know if anyone in the chat box likes like horoscopes and stuff. I'm a Taurus. We're super lazy. I'm also an ENFP. I also like I'm all talk, no action kind of girl until the very last second. Um, but hiring a team was definitely scary at first. Um, and I think it's important that you start outsourcing once you realize that this is what I want to do. This is what I want to commit to. When you are a solopreneur or when you are starting this out, this journey by yourself, there's going to be a period where you're wondering to yourself, do I even like doing this? And it's really important to spot check with yourself. You have to ask yourself, okay, if these videos were performing well, if these, um, if I was making money with this, would I still give up? Right. Because a lot of people sometimes they'll automatically give up because the videos aren't performing or they're not monetized yet or they're not finding the success that they thought they would. And every time I hear someone say that, I always ask them if it was successful and if you were making money and if these videos were performing, would you still be giving up? And most times it's no. And for me, it's really important to kind of think about that before you outsource and figure out, okay. Do you actually genuinely enjoy doing what you're doing right now? And do you feel like you want to take on the responsibility of paying someone else to be a part of your team and help you build that vision? And for me, even during that period of time where my videos weren't performing as well as I thought, I wasn't making a dime, I was still getting up, maybe not consistently because sometimes I'd be tired and stuff like because I'm a human. But I wouldn't trade it for anything else. I wouldn't go back to a nine to five. I wouldn't be someone else's employee. I would still want to do this. 
right? And so that's the spot check that you want to make with yourself as you're starting because hiring a team and outsourcing is no joke, right? Now you're responsible for someone else and you're bringing them onto your boat and you're going towards the uh, destination, right? And so that's important. When it comes to, I think, Heather, you asked, like, what was it like? How did it feel like? I can also share with you guys the first person that I outsourced, and that was a video editor, and it was the best thing ever. But I also want to say that it's really important, especially as a content creator, for you to do everything yourself when you're first starting out and get the hang of being a one-man show or a one-woman show, because that's going to help you so much when you're offboarding your tasks to someone else. And also, it doesn't create a lot of liabilities. It doesn't create a lot of risk. If those people leave, at least you still know how to do everything or at least how to do most things. And so I highly recommend for those of you who are listening to this question, don't feel pressured to hire yet. Continue creating your videos, continue, you know, editing your videos, continue doing everything A to Z from zero to post-production to everything with your YouTube channel, because it's going to help you so much and it's going to help you build stronger teams in the future. And then when it comes to time management, um, <laughs> um, I, I, it's funny because Heather and Catherine and I were, we were just talking about this earlier and I was saying how it's such a luxury sometimes when you are a solopreneur and you're doing things by yourself because you can just wake up and decide not to do things. You can change deadlines. You can do all those things and there's very little consequences to your actions versus once you start hiring more people and you're more responsible for other people, then now you've really got to to be organized. You've really got to have deadlines and stick to them because it's going to affect other people on your team. And I would be as close to saying that I am more organized now than when I was back then when I ran my YouTube channel on my own, because now I'm responsible for other people. And so that's why earlier on, we were talking about the importance of planning. Catherine said this, I said this, Heather touched on this. The more organized you can be now, it's a lot easier when you start outsourcing because you're building that muscle of consistency. And now other people can happily be able to do their jobs because you are being consistent and you are being organized. Yes. And the chat was lighting up with procrastinators. I feel you. I know what it's like. I mean, I feel like I lived the procrastinated life for so long until like Vanessa said, there were other people that depended on me. And so if you're in that solopreneur season right now, I want you to start thinking about what is it going to be like when you do bring your first VA on your first virtual assistant, your first editor, because I know you have big dreams and I know that you want this to go somewhere. And so I don't want you to be thinking small. I want you to be thinking big. And that's exactly what Catherine did. And so Catherine, I'd love to ask you, you know, one thing I love about watching your channel is that you really talk about how this is your career. You've chosen this as a career and you treat it like a business. And that's why you've all seen the success that you've seen. So I'd love to know what was that like for you going from traditional, you know, you went to college and then you, you started working, but then what did it, what was it like for you to flip into this full-time content creator role? It was really, really rough for me. So I'm very honest on my YouTube channel. It took me a long time to grow. And even recently, I shared my journey of how I built up credit card debt 
trying to be a full-time YouTuber. I really dove into this earlier than I should have. And I made the transition. So I graduated from college. I started working as a digital marketing consultant. And then I started my blog as a side hustle. So I was working my butt off. I was working a nine to five job at nights. I was working on my blog. And then weekends, I remember on Saturday, I would wake up at five in the morning and I would just hustle because I was trying to grow that thing. And I knew that that was going to be my future. That was going to be the direction of my career, like you said. So I worked my butt off and then it got to the point where I became a freelancer. I started taking on clients and learning how to balance. I needed to get client work done because I needed to make money. But at the same time, I had to create YouTube videos because that was going to be the growth of my brand. And even though it took me a year and a half to get monetized on YouTube, I created so many videos without making any money for a long time. I knew that continuing to be consistent with that and continuing to go in that direction, that was going to get me where I wanted to go. So I had to take on clients to make money so that I could do the dang thing. And if you are just now getting started, if you are doing this as a side hustle, if you are working your butt off and you're not sure how to turn it into a business or you're not sure if you're going the right direction, the one thing I can say to you is be persistent, be determined, and don't ever give up on yourself. There are going to be hard seasons. There was a hard season where I built up credit card debt and I'm not proud of that. And I wouldn't recommend any of you guys do that, but it was a part of my journey and it was something that I had to do to get myself to where I am today. So be determined, make promises to yourself that you are not going to break. Like for me, that was my uploading schedule. Upload one video a week, stick to it guys. Do not break it. And that's going to actually get you to where you want to go with your YouTube channel and help you to be able to actually turn it into a business like Heather just said. Yeah. And that's exactly what Catherine has done. You know, she stuck to that schedule. She kept uploading videos, whether they were easy, whether they were very, I mean, I, Catherine, I just have to say, I just love watching the creativity that you put into your work and it really is art. And so I just want to say thank you so much for staying consistent with that. And for a while you didn't actually see a lot of growth, but then bam, it hit. So walk me through really quick what that was like. But before you do that, Catherine, I want to let people know we're going to jump into a Q&A. So if you have questions, you can leave them in the chat below and I'm going to start pulling them up for Catherine or for uh, Vanessa. So Catherine, what was that like for you? Because you kind of went on a, a trend, right? You were getting progress, getting progress, and then it hit. So tell me about what that was like. Yeah. So I started my YouTube channel in October of 2017. I ended 2018 with 300 some subscribers. So I was working for over a year on my YouTube channel. I was being consistent. I was uploading two videos a week and I had only gained 300 subscribers in a year. And then in 2019, I decided to take it a bit more seriously. I niched down a little bit. I started focusing on three main topics and I just really got to work and I tried to improve the quality of my videos. That's when I bought my first camera for my channel. And it really wasn't until I was on YouTube for two whole years. And this is what, like, I, <laughs> I want this to be motivation for you guys. Last year at this time, I had maybe 2,000 subscribers. Maybe. Now I'm over 200,000 subscribers. And that blow up was absolutely insane. But it was because of all of that hard work, all of the mistakes that I made in the beginning. I mean, you can go back and you can watch my videos. They're not great. I had a lot to learn. I had to learn the algorithm, SEO on YouTube. And I also had to learn what made me different. 
And if you're at the point where you're like, my videos aren't anything special, I don't know why someone would watch my video over someone else's video. You really need to hone in and figure out what you uniquely like, what do you have to actually bring to the table? What is something different that you can offer? And for me, it was creating videos that were a bit more interesting. Like I like watching vlogs. I like watching lifestyle content. And I was like, how can I incorporate these tips? And at first I was talking about blogging and Pinterest. Like I said, I was a blogger. I was like, how can I make these videos that are sharing tips and helpful information? How can I make them interesting? And that then turned into the videos that I now create once I learned how to grow on YouTube by talking about blogging and Pinterest. I then started to teach people about YouTube because I learned a couple of things and it was a long journey. I mean, a lot can happen in a year, but also no growth can happen in two years. So back to what I was saying earlier, you have to be determined, you have to stick with it. But also the main tip is figure out what the heck makes you different and why someone would want to watch your videos. Want to know the exact strategies Sean Cannell and the Think Media team use to consistently get over 3.5 million views on YouTube every month? Learn the proven steps and the newest YouTube money-making strategies at Grow With Video Live's virtual conference. Get your tickets today at growwithvideolive.com. Yeah. And Vanessa, I think you did this so well when you started your channel. I think people maybe underestimate the amount of strategy that went into how you've been able to grow so quickly, not just on YouTube, but as a businesswoman. And I just want to first just say congratulations and to honor you and say, you are really someone that I see has a huge and bright future for teaching other people how to do this because you come at this with such a marketer's mindset. So walk me through that first year. You know, you really came at this and you were making videos, making videos, making videos, figured out what your target audience's problem was, and then bam, was able to go right into profiting off of YouTube. Walk me through what that looked like. Yeah. So the first thing that I want to say for anyone who's starting out is already start building an email list. I think one of the smartest things that I did by accident was I wanted to launch my website. My website wasn't ready yet. And so I put like a little wait list just for my website to launch, even though I had no audience. And my very first video, I was already shouting out my website and getting people on a wait list. And that's how I was able to collect the initial emails. And so I look back at that. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was like one of the best accidents that I ever made. Like I didn't think too much of it, but now that I know what I know, I'm like, oh my gosh, Vanessa, you are brilliant. You are so smart. And so the first thing is make sure you're already learning about building that email list. And some of you guys might be wondering, oh, what? I don't even check my emails. What's so important about that? Blah, blah, blah. Well, the reason why is because YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you know, all these platforms, they could just poof, go down one day, disappear one day. There was that one time last year where like Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp all just shut down for like a solid two days and people were freaking out. Or even um, a couple weeks ago, or just a couple months ago, people were saying that TikTok was going to get banned. You know, who's to say that might not happen to YouTube? And when you actually collect emails, now you have a contact list of anyone who is interested in your contact, in your content. And so when you do switch a platform or when something happens, you can immediately contact them. And so that's just one tactical thing that anyone can get started doing right now is to start collecting emails. And so that was the first thing that I did. 
And then in terms of my journey of monetizing, again, it was me really creating videos that would suit a target audience. And I really just let YouTube do its thing, right? I wanted YouTube to tell me what people wanted from me. I'm a very data-driven person. And so for me, before I even thought about monetization, of course, everyone you know who starts a YouTube channel and is in, it, most people who are watching this are probably interested in making a living off of this and being their own boss. Well, look at your analytics. YouTube will tell you the demographics of the people who are interested in your content, what they're searching for in order to find you. Your videos are also really great indicators based off of the views, based off of the watch time and all of that of what people are actually interested in from you. And so once you actually figure that out and it's going to take some time and that's another mistake that I see some people making is like right off the bat, they're like, how am I going to monetize this thing? Let it chill for like three months at the first three months or so, or your first 10 videos, just focus on being a really great content creator, focus on the intricacies of talking in front of a camera, just like how Catherine had to overcome with her being shy on video or you know, practice scripting, practice being as efficient as possible, practice your editing. Your first three months is really for you to be a YouTuber and actually create content and see where it goes, see how confident you get. And then afterwards, after three months or so, you're going to get some solid data probably that will help you inform your monetization decisions beyond just AdSense revenue. And so for me, I noticed that one of my videos, which was about Instagram, started to get a massive viewing. Um, it, it went viral. It was going really, really well. And luckily there, I also attached a lead magnet to collect emails. And so overnight, my email list went from a couple hundred people to all of a sudden 20,000 people who suddenly want Instagram content. And that's when I realized, oh goodness, I'm onto something. I have like 20,000 people who are wanting this. What can I do with these emails? What can I do with these people? And so that's when I started launching my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. And one thing that you have to realize is most content creators, especially if you're focused on, you know, teaching people things or delivering massive value, it doesn't matter if you're teaching people Instagram, social media and whatnot, even if it's like teaching people how to be a hairstylist or you doing makeup videos or whatnot, or you like, I think Heather told me that earlier on, she had another panel with people who were like in construction and plumbing and all that stuff, whatever it is that you're teaching on YouTube, you can absolutely monetize it. There's always going to be people out there who want more than your free content. They want more than a 10 minute video. They want you, they want your advice, they want your mentorship. They want the full A to Z of how to do something. You can hack away and watch as many free YouTube videos as you want on how to build your YouTube channel and everything, but it's gonna take you a very long time to DIY that with just free content and paid content, whether that's mentorship or whether that's signing up for a program or whatnot, that actually gives you the entire roadmap so that you don't have to waste time making tons of mistakes that someone else can just teach you not to make. And so for me, I realized that. And that's when I started to offer one-on-one -on -one services. I offered one-on-one -on -one mentorship for other people who wanted to grow their Instagram. And then the next phase that happened was you can only go so far with one-on-one -on -one services. There's only one of you, right? And so I started realizing, oh my goodness, I'm trading a lot of time for money with working with these clients. I have a wait list of people. I'm booked out. I'm burnt out. And so what am I going to do with all of this demand? And that's when I realized, aha, 
Let me package everything that I've been teaching my clients. Let me package some of the things that I've been teaching on you to put it in order, make it even juicier, even more content. And I created a course. I created a digital product. And now that product sells passively. And the best part about YouTube and why I love YouTube so much is once you put up a video, it stays on YouTube for a very long time and people search for it. YouTube will sometimes even push it up in the algorithm. How many of you have gone through your page and you see videos from years ago being presented to you? YouTube algorithm is weird, but it's amazing. Very different than an algorithm like Instagram. Instagram is really based off of recency. And so you only really see content that's fresh and new, whereas YouTube will always push old content. And so when you have a product that you sell and you optimize your description box to link people to your product or you pin your comment inside your YouTube video that also links to your product, you can potentially sell that product passively and create passive income for yourself. And so that's why I really hope that by the end of Grow With Video, that you are inspired to not just start that YouTube channel, but also really begin to think about how am I going to create a business out of this beyond just hoping and waiting that I'm going to get monetized on YouTube. I was making money before I even got monetized. And so that's kind of the journey for me. And I really hope that you guys can take something out of that. How did you manage a blog and a YouTube channel? So for me, I found a way to really integrate my content. And a lot of people will recommend you to cross post. So if you have a YouTube video, you can also post it on Instagram. Now, I didn't really do that, but I thought of, okay, what is my blog post idea? What am I going to include in a blog post? And then what YouTube video can relate to that? Now, at first, I wasn't really good with this strategy. I basically just recreated the blog post in YouTube format and my videos didn't do well. Like I said, it took me a year and a half before I got a thousand subscribers on YouTube. So I made a lot of mistakes, but basically if I was creating a blog post talking about Pinterest, cause I used to talk about Pinterest a lot and I was saying, okay, here's a Pinterest strategy. I would create a YouTube video that then related to that blog post. So once I was getting traffic to that blog post, I was also getting traffic to my YouTube channel. And it was definitely hard to balance everything, but I will say when I was first getting started, the amount of time I spent on my YouTube videos was nothing compared to what I spend now. And the quality of my videos weren't as good. So now I'm really focused on my YouTube channel. I am all in on YouTube and that's where basically all of my energy goes. So I think you need to learn to time manage. If you can find a way to make them work well together, that's going to help you as well as save you time. Yes. So important. Time management is the key to planning all of this and taking content seriously. And I want to pass this question off to Vanessa. Vanessa, you said you were a data-driven person. And Anna Bonita from the comment says, I'm so overwhelmed with the analytics, the graphs, and the numbers, and all of the big words. What is the easiest way to understand it all? And you know, YouTube is not something that they teach in school. So Vanessa, how does she learn about all of these different analytics and what actually matters? Google is your best friend. I will be very honest. When I first started, especially after they switched from classic to like the new studio, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of analytics here. And I even had to like Google a couple things. But after you start Googling and you really start paying attention, even watch tutorials on how other people are tracking their data. One thing that was really helpful for me is just not being so overwhelmed with 
all of the data points. You don't have to care about everything. Like I don't care if my audience is mostly on mobile or on desktop. There's certain stats for me personally that I don't spend a lot of time looking at, but there are stats that I like to look at consistently. For example, I like to look at how my thumbnails are doing. So for me, I look at my click-through rate for all of my videos to really understand which videos are doing well, especially for my thumbnails. And also, I also like to look at audience retention. And you guys can take notes of this. You can Google it. One big thing when it comes to not just being a YouTuber, but starting your own business is being resourceful. And Google was my best friend for like months, and it still is my best friend. Um, but audience retention, I like to actually look at when I look at my videos individually, where my audience is dropping off or where there's peaks in your audience retention that shows you that they're going back to a certain point in your video. Maybe you said something and just understanding my audience retention rate has really helped a lot. I used to do really long intros up until like this week. And I looked at my, my uh, analytics for once and I was like, oh, that intro is actually making people click out of the video. I thought it was helping the video. And so now I'm changing my strategy. And so those are the two main things that I really love to look at. Um, and so that's why I highly recommend for you guys to just have that tunnel vision on, take the few like five key analytics that you care about that you think will move the needle. And these five key analytics may change from month to month or quarter to quarter, you might change your, your strategy. For me, for the longest time, I didn't really care about my thumbnails until I realized that my click-through rate compared to other YouTubers wasn't that great. And so now I'm paying attention, right? Um, another stat that I love looking at is how people are finding me. I really leverage that in the beginning stages of my channel. I don't necessarily look at that anymore because me, myself, as a creator, I have evolved my priorities and I've evolved just generally. But when I was first starting and once I had a few more data points to collect, I really, really enjoyed looking at um, the traffic sources and what people are actually searching in the search bar in order to find my videos. Because in the beginning, nobody knows me, right? And so obviously they're finding my videos because they're typing certain keywords. And that's when I realized, ah, oh, a lot of people are typing in Instagram stuff, YouTube stuff, how to grow their following, how to not lose followers. And that helped me really ramp up my channel by looking at that data versus now it's not as relevant for me because I've grown such a big following that people search my name mostly versus just searching for content ideas or searching for certain keywords. And so I highly recommend again, to understand what all the analytics mean, but just focus on like three to five analytics that you track consistently until your strategy changes. And that was such a great tip, Vanessa, about just using the best website in the world, Google, right? That's how we learned so much about how to use YouTube. And one thing I want to let you know is that we have uh, an amazing company that we love to partner with. It's called vidIQ. And uh, we have a special code for you called vidIQ.com forward slash grow. And what's great about vidIQ is that when you get the boost program, you're actually able to not only just type in keywords to see how are people searching for things, but there's some amazing analytics in there. Like when's the best time you should be posting on the platform and some different things about what videos are performing better and why. So they give you different uh, analytic points to look for. But Again, don't get overwhelmed by the amount of analytics to be looking at. I love how Vanessa said, choose three to five to look at and then keep growing, keep going, keep posting videos. All right, I'm going to pass it off to another question um, from, from Sophia Style. But hey, 
are you getting value out of this video? Make sure you hit the like button and let us know in the chat what is one aha moment that you've had from tonight's session with Vanessa and Catherine. But Catherine, this question is for you. Uh, oh, wow. It just, it just popped away. But hey, how does someone avoid burnout by making videos, say, while they're in college? Or just how does someone just avoid burnout in general being a content creator that has to stay consistent on the platform? For me, we're going to go back to the time management thing. When I first got started with YouTube or just my brand in general, I was terrible with time management as well as productivity. I thought that if I was sitting at my desk, I thought if I was on Instagram, leaving comments, responding to DMs, I thought that that was productive. And I found that I was working really, really long hours and I was working late into the night. Or like I said, on Saturdays, I was waking up at 5am and that was going to lead me to a point of burnout. Now, there are certain things like when I am about to launch a product or when I am, I've got a deadline on a video for a sponsorship. There are times when, yes, I will work myself hard, but I am now a hyperproductive person. So when I am at my desk, when I am in my office, I am working, I am in the zone and I am focused. And I think you need to understand the difference of being actually productive compared to I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to do all these things and you're actually not doing it. So for everyone, it's a little bit different. For me, burnout, how I avoid it is by not working really late at night. I don't wake up first thing in the morning and go on my computer and get to work. I need to have that self-care time. And especially during a pandemic, guys, having self-care is so, so important. Your mental health comes first because without you, without you being in a good place, like you can't pour from an empty cup. So you really need to prioritize yourself. Now, if you are in school and you're trying to maintain a YouTube channel as well as good grades, one thing I would recommend is a lot of people will say, I need to upload three videos a week. Like if I want to grow, I need to upload two or three videos a week. But if you can't stick to that uploading schedule, back down to only one video a week, but make sure you actually stick to it. So you need to set realistic expectations on yourself. And then maybe once you've graduated and if you can take YouTube full time, or maybe if you then go and you have a part-time job that you can still devote time to your YouTube channel, maybe you can upload more YouTube videos and that's great, but you just have to be realistic with yourself and set expectations that you can stick to. Because I think once you start breaking that, once you start breaking those commitments to yourself, basically, it's easy to stop. It's really easy for you to just stop uploading and quit. And if you want to really become a YouTuber, if you want to be successful on this platform, you need to be able to stick with it. Man, thank you so much for that, Catherine. It is really important right now to just remember that this is, I always say your race your pace. And you may see other YouTubers, you know, like Vanessa, who's pumping out content or like you, Catherine, just pumping out content. And that might not be the season of life you're in. I'm going to speak to all the moms right now because I'm the mom on the channel. And I need you to know that you might see people like Vanessa or like Catherine that are able in the season of life that they're in to be able to devote a lot of time to it. But again, your race, your pace, and making sure that you see that YouTube is a marathon and not a sprint. If you want to be a content creator, if you want to make change in the world by getting on video and getting your message out there, you have to know this is not overnight, right? This is not going to be something that's going to happen right away. It's going to take a lot of hard work. It's going to take a lot of long hours. It's going to take a lot of dedication. It's going to take not feeling like you're actually making progress. But as you keep going, both Vanessa and Catherine are a testament to the value of just staying consistent, seeing the dream, knowing that it's there, and keep going going 
after it. And I want to wrap it up tonight, Vanessa. We have so many people on the chat right now. Say hello to Vanessa if you're from Vanessa's tribe. Give her some love in the chat right now. And Vanessa, I want you to speak to the person right now who is afraid to start. I want you to speak to the person right now who knows that they need to be doing this and they're just afraid. And really what you wish you would have known if you were that person just starting today. Mm -hmm. I think one important thing is to really understand that what you aren't changing, you're choosing, right? So every day or every month or every year that you're complaining about other people being on YouTube, being more successful than you, or that fact that they just started, or you complaining that, oh, last year was, I should have started that year. I should have started that month. I should have done it during, you know, when I had time and now I don't have time. You know, what you aren't changing, you are essentially choosing that outcome for yourself, right? And so you have to step into that energy where you're like, you know what? Today I'm choosing me. Today I'm choosing my future. Today, I'm choosing to be on YouTube, to be a content creator or a business owner. And that's just one thing I definitely want to say to all of you guys. No excuses. I think that's like the theme of today, um, especially Catherine mentioning many times about persistency and all of that. So I want to say that. The second thing I want to say is, and this is maybe a little bit less inspirational, but I wanted to say it while Heather was talking and all that stuff, is kind of not comparing yourself to other YouTubers like myself or Catherine or someone who has a team, someone who does it full time. I'm talking to those of you who maybe are working a nine to five and you want to start YouTube and all of that. Don't compare yourself to other people and also understand what you actually want to do with the platform. And that's something I wish that I knew earlier that I could tell my own students that I could tell my own clients earlier. For me, I'm on YouTube because I've always wanted to be a content creator, influencer, and I just so happen to have a business because of it, right? And so because I, my intention going into YouTube was that I wanted to get the plaque and I wanted the subscribers, that's why I post that many times that I post because I, I care about that vanity metric. I've always, always, always wanted to be a YouTuber that had the plaque, right? But if your intention going into YouTube is just making money, is just getting visibility for your small business, is just to make sure you have a little bit of exposure on Evergreen and that you can't, you don't have to do Facebook ads, let's say, then post a video once a month, let's say. Because the beauty of YouTube and why I adore this platform is its SEO capabilities. The fact, like I said earlier, YouTube doesn't just value recency. People are finding old videos of yours every day. I get comments on like videos that I posted last year and I still get leads from that. And so it's really important when you're starting, just understand what you want. And there's no problem in that. You either want to be an influencer, in which case maybe you do have to work a little harder. You do have to be more consistent posting once a week to get that subscriber rate up because people want to see that you have an active channel. Or you can take the route where, hey, I just want exposure for my business. And the most I can commit is once a month. And I'm just happy that I'm getting that exposure. So really, really understand why you are starting YouTube. You don't have to care so much about the subscribers if you don't want to. You can just use YouTube as that evergreen machine that's bringing you leads to your business. So that's what I have to say. <laughs> 
Wow. Vanessa, what fire. The chat was just on fire during that one. And I just love the points that you have uh, when it comes to actually getting started and not comparing. Exactly right. That is what we want to really get that message across because it's just so important to be who you are and make the content that you know is going to help people. So Catherine, I want to pass it off to you. Final message. If you're part of Catherine's tribe and you're here watching tonight, light her up in the chat right now. She is doing phenomenal. She started saying she was super nervous. Guys, let's give it up for Catherine. She did an amazing job. Catherine, the person right now is just getting started. They are scared. They know they need to be doing this. They're making all of the excuses that we have already made. What advice do you have for them for getting started right now? Okay. I've got two. The first one, stop watching content and start creating it. Now, this could be silly because my channel, I help you guys grow on YouTube. I help you guys start a YouTube channel. I've got all the tips, tricks, everything I have learned that has helped me to get to the point that I'm at today. But I think so many people get caught up. They want to be as prepared as possible. They want to buy all of the equipment and they want to basically go at it already running. And I think it gets to a point where Yes, you're making your excuses. You're already holding yourself back, but you may not realize that you are actually just over-preparing. And that is another way that you're holding yourself back. So I think, yes, it is important to educate yourself. And I think it's good to watch other creators and see what's making them successful on the platform. But if you're at the point where you're just watching a ton of videos and you're like, no, this is research. This is going to help me not creating videos like that's just hurting you. You're just holding yourself back. The second thing is once you actually start and you create that first video, do not check your analytics every single day. And I think that every single YouTuber has done this. It's so easy to do. You wake up in the morning and you want to see if you got more subscribers. You want to see how your video did. And they have the, they rank your last 10 videos and how it's performing. And I'm not going to lie. I, I look at those analytics. I'm very much so an analytic person, but if you put your value in your analytics and you put the success of the YouTube video on the views that you're getting or the success of your YouTube channel on the number of subscribers you are getting, you are going to put yourself in just this toxic mindset that is going to push you to the point of quitting. And YouTube, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. For me, I didn't see real growth for over a year and a half. And then it blew up like crazy. But you have to be able to see that your numbers aren't growing or stop looking at your analytics and don't care that your numbers aren't growing, but keep going. Because if you look at those analytics, oh my gosh, you are going to drive yourself crazy. And you're just going to wonder why, like, why aren't people watching my videos? Am I not good enough? All this stuff. And that's just such a toxic mindset. So two things, stop watching videos, start creating videos and stop checking your analytics every day. Well, I hope you enjoyed that sit-down interview with Vanessa Lau and Katherine Manning. We'll leave in the description box below and in the show notes how you can follow them online. But I want to remind you that Grow With Video Live, the virtual experience, is coming up quick. So if you've not gotten your tickets yet, you want to go to growwithvideolive.com so you can get that ticket. And if you go to thinkmediapodcast.com, enter in a submission for a free ticket by reviewing our podcast on the Apple podcast, you can come to the virtual experience with that free ticket if you win. So go to growwithvideolive.com if you want to see all the details about the conference and go to thinkmediapodcast.com if you want to enter in to win a free ticket. Now your action steps are what do you need to do next for your YouTube channel? After listening to this interview with both of these ladies sharing their 
journey to full-time freedom, I wanna pass the question off to you. Did you write down your next action step? I loved how Vanessa said that, you know, it really was as she was a barista, it was her just staying consistent and knowing that she had a vision for her future. Have you written down that vision yet? Or Catherine Manning, who jumped into creating content in a different way. When she was seeing the other content creators in her space, like us here at Think Media, she wanted to separate herself from the pack and really figure out what made her different. Have you figured out what made you different yet in your niche? These are all different things that you can start to take action on today. And we're gonna be diving more into that at Grow With Video Live, the virtual experience. We've got some amazing content just like this waiting for you at that experience. So make sure you get your tickets for that. And if you have already left a review over on Apple, I wanna thank you because it's my favorite thing to do every single week to be able to read your reviews and to hear what you're getting out of our podcast. You know, we created this podcast here for Think Media because we wanted to go deeper in beyond things like cameras and audio and lighting. We wanted to go into things like mindset and trend surfing and interviews just like this. So I'm grateful for you for being a part of our Think community and for leaving reviews on the podcast. It helps other people know if this is the right one for them. This one today comes from the stories we wish to tell. They said, just what I've been looking for. Well, hey, I'm so glad you're here because you're just what I've been looking for. I'm so glad I finally started listening to the Think Podcast. It has been coming across my radar for a while. And while I've always been interested in the work that they do, I've only recently started listening to the podcast. The show is full of so much value. There is a lot of similar shows out there, but Heather and Sean's personalities and perspectives really set this show apart. Definitely check the show out. Now, thank you so much for leaving that review. And man, isn't that the story of our lives? We see things coming through all the time, but we have to be in the right place and the right time to really start to absorb that information. And that's why we wanted to make this podcast for you because we know that there are is a lot of content out there when it comes to growing on YouTube, but we wanted to separate ourselves and say, hey, how can we go deeper? How can we share our perspective? How can we share our failures and our successes and our stories and our friends' stories with you. So I'm grateful that you left that review. And I want to encourage you that if you're brand new to this podcast, to subscribe wherever you're listening so that it shows up on your radar next week. Well, thanks so much for being here and for listening and for taking us along on the journey of your YouTube channel. I love seeing your successes inside of Video Ranking Academy. And my favorite thing to do is to see you at Grow With Video Live because that is where we set aside the time to take action on our channels. I'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for being here. Not growing on YouTube? Learn the newest strategies for getting views and the best proven ways to make money at Grow With Video Live, a two-day virtual conference. And you can get your tickets today at growwithvideolive.com.